Father, as we come together in the mighty name of Jesus, we once again thank you for this opportunity that we have to be able to get into your word, study it, and learn the truths, Father God, that you've laid forth and the law of faith that comes forward through your precious word. Tonight, Lord, we thank you for giving us utterance, opening the eyes of our understanding, and helping us, Father God, to see things that the way they are in your word. And Lord, we thank you for taking us to a new level in the faith life. And we'll give you all praise, honor, and glory once again tonight. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, I want you, if you have your Bibles, to first of all, as we began last week, look at Revelation chapter 12, Revelation chapter 12, and we're going to read one verse of Scripture, very important verse of Scripture, and I want you to notice here what it says in verse 11. It says, and this is, again, we're continuing on our series on the power of saying, the power of saying. It says here, and they overcame him by the word, by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. And I want you to notice that in this, we see a great truth that has been since the creation of this world, and that is the power of words. We see here that number one, as the Lord set forth here through the Apostle John, that the overcoming ability comes by the blood of the Lamb, and then secondly, by the word of their testimony. So in looking at this with the power of words, and specifically, that means the power of saying, and looking at the scriptures here that deal with how our life is governed or controlled by the words we speak. And as believers, we need to pay particular attention to the words that we speak because either positive or negative, they're going to release spiritual forces behind them. Good or bad, things we want or don't want, we need to pay attention to the life that's in words or the death that's in words. The book of Proverbs tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's Proverbs 18, 20, 21. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So as we are looking at the power of saying, we're talking specifically about a believer that speaks right words. The Bible tells us in the book of Job that how forcible are right words, how forcible are right words. So the words we speak have a force behind them. And when those words are aligned with what God has already said, then it's not like we're trying to come up and, and just use words aimlessly or at our own discretion that don't have the mighty weight of heaven behind them. No, rather, they do have the weight of heaven behind them because we're merely speaking what God has already said. And a lot of Christians do not realize the fact that they're either going to have freedom produced in their life or bondage, depending upon what they decide to believe. And whatever we decide to believe 
is going to release, be released in the words we speak, because what we say is our faith speaking. All right. So we see here that they overcame by the word of their testimony. What our testimony is has everything to do with our victory. Victory can either be gained or lost depending upon what we decide to say about it. And as informed believers, the words we speak have creative or destructive power behind them. Now, our testimony, as we read here, the word of what we say about it actually supersedes what God says about something in our life. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. God can say something that he wants to come to pass in our life, but if we say something directly opposed to that or different from what he said, he, because he put spiritual laws into place, he will allow the words that we speak to supersede even the words that we speak. Now, what works beautifully for the believer is when the believer speaks words that don't just have their basis on their own natural desires, but they have them rooted and grounded in the desires of God and the will of God that we already know through his precious word. So I want you again tonight to go with me to Mark chapter 5. And we want to see this, and we're looking at this in direct relationship to healing, receiving healing for our physical bodies, releasing the power of God and spiritual forces, the law thereof, of prosperity, the favor of God, and all the things that we're desirous of God. And because God gave us the ability, which is so amazing, he created us with the ability to speak words of life or speak words of death. And he allows us by the free will that he gave each and every one of us to decide what we will choose. We ended up last week referring to what the Lord said there in the book of Deuteronomy, where he said, I set before you this day life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed will live. So the Lord, we see even in the Old Testament, which began further back than, than that, where it's referred to in the book of Deuteronomy, it referred back to when God created this world, he used it with words. And then he gave us the ability through knowledge of his word to speak his word and to believe what he said about it by releasing corresponding action, which part of that is a predominant primary part of that is the words that we speak. So we have to pay particular attention to understanding how the atmosphere around us is influenced by not just what God said, but in fact, by the words we speak and release through our tongues on the basis of what God has said, because we're in agreement with him. All right? We release words into the atmosphere every day, positive or negative, 
good or bad, things that we desire or things that we don't desire. And the force of faith being released through the words we speak is the most powerful thing in the universe when it is rooted and grounded in what God has already said. So that's when we're looking at the power of saying, we're talking about a great authority that's been gifted to mankind, specifically to God's children, because they have the ability to speak the redemption of Christ, what God has already said belongs to us because of the great plan of redemption. So when we start calling things a certain way, we start calling our bodies a certain way, before they're one iota changed, before they're changed in the most minutest way, when we start believing God, when we start calling things a certain way, that's the moment that the impact and the force of heaven begins to be released in our life, because we're releasing that into the atmosphere all around us. Now, in Mark chapter 5, we read this last week, and I want to look at this briefly again here tonight, but in Mark chapter 5, and I hopefully you've got your Bibles, and look here with me, in Mark 5, and beginning in verse 25, it says here, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. So once again, we see that destitute uh, situation that she was in. Now look at this. Verse 27, it says, And when she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, she heard something about Jesus. Obviously, she heard that he was healing people. Obviously, she had spent everything she had, as the scripture tells us, on physicians trying to get help in the natural. And we're not against physicians. God's not against them. But as a born-again child of God, God wants us to seek him first and believe him first as we then go to the natural and see what aid we might be able to receive there. But as a lot of you here tonight can attest, you've seen the miracle working power of God in your own lives, in your own bodies, many of them. you, Many of you have received healings through the years in your walk with God. But as we're looking at the power of saying, we're looking at a very specific aspect of how we on purpose as believers can begin to facilitate the power of God being released in our bodies, in our lives, in the realm of prosperity, in the realm of things changing as we do it God's way. Because as we all understand and know, because we're Bible believers, the book of Genesis tells us that God created this world through words. He created this world through words. How are we going to create the world around us? Well, we're going to do it through words, and specifically words that are rooted and grounded in what God has said about us, his children. Now, 
This woman heard something about Jesus. So in her destitute condition, she came in the press. Think about that. She not only spent all of her money, but she was growing worse and worse as time progressed. So she was weaker. So she heard about Jesus. What did she hear? She heard that he was healing people. So what she had heard up to this point about what Jesus was doing, she knew that if she could just get to him, and as the scripture tells us here, touch the hem of his garment, that she could be made well. But I want you to notice in verse 28 that she had said before she got there what she was believing for. What she believing believed that the Lord was going to do for her was preceded by her getting there with the words that she spoke. So our words get out in front of where we are at physically today. You may be having a physical sickness in your body today. But the good news is, as a child of God, that is that you can you can cause the power of God to become made manifest in your body by getting your words connected with God's words and releasing them into your physical life. And that will affect every soul, every cell of every system of every place in your physical body, praise God. And she said long before she got there, that if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. And so verse 29 tells us, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue, or that word virtue simply means power, had gone out of him, turned him about in the press, and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see he, her that had done this thing. But the where woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And look at verse 34 very carefully. He said, Jesus said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. So we see that the mere passing of time, the mere condition of her body getting worse and worse, weaker and weaker, did not thwart the plan of God and his ability to bring about a full healing and a cure in her body. And what I want you to notice particularly there in verse 34 is he said, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Now, what does that tell us? Well, some of the important things that it tells us right off the bat is the fact that he did not say that it was his power that made her well, although the scripture here in the context tells us particularly that Jesus felt 
virtue or that healing anointing, that healing power of God flow out of him into somebody. And he did not know who touched her because as the scripture tells us, (laughs) he said, who touched me? And they said, you see the multitude master thronging you and you say, who touched me? In other words, there was too many people that were touching Jesus. But particularly, it was the touch of faith that actuated and released the power that was resident in him for everyone present that day. But it was the connection of her releasing her faith through her words that actually activated the power. See, it wasn't just the touch being touching or touching his garment that was supercharged with the supernatural power of God that caused the power of God to be released into her physical body. It was her faith in God, which was released through the words that she spoke. And those words that she spoke began long before that she touched his garment. Simply touching his garment was an act of faith because she'd said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. So even though we know that the power was present to heal all of them, we specifically see identified here in this text that that woman received her healing, not because it was God's will to heal her alone and no one else, but what activated the power to flow from him was the hand of faith that she released, particularly, first of all, through her words, and then secondarily, by her corresponding actions. She went ahead, rallied all the strength that she had, and came to where Jesus was at, and pressed through all the other people and touched his garment. But it wasn't just a mere touch in the natural. It was a supernatural touch that was preceded by her words already out there working for her. Praise God. And so when we read here that it says in verse 34, when the master said, daughter, thy faith has made thee well, he didn't identify the power once again that flowed into her that made her well, although we know the power did flow from what the Bible tells us. He said it was directly as a result of her power, her faith that released the power of God at the point of her need that brought about her healing and her miracle. Now, what does that tell us? If we look at this story, that gives faith to all of us. And this is how it does that, is because we know that manifestations of the Spirit happen, and praise God for them. There's ministers that specifically flow in those, and they're such a great blessing. But what about the individual where that power is not flowing in a supernatural, more spectacular way in manifestation? Does that leave anybody out? The good news is, is it doesn't leave anybody out. Because if her faith can make her well and did make her well, 
your faith in God, activating the power of God, will make you well too. Praise the name of Jesus. That's why when we're looking at the power of saying, and we begin to look at this time and time again in the Gospels where the Lord Jesus began to minister healing. And I've noticed this through the years in individually ministering to people and seeing the power of God released into their body. And many times seeing them be 50% better or 75% better, encouraging them that as they keep the switch of faith turned on, that that power will fully activate the fullness of their healing in their physical body of no matter what sickness, no matter what disease it may that may be going on in their physical body. Remember, there's no hard cases for God. It's as easy for God to heal cancer as it is a headache. It's no big deal. And power is always present everywhere. And that's an important fact. The power of God is always present everywhere. All right? Now, when it comes to faith, the predominant way is by the words that we speak, by the words that we say. And again, in Proverbs 18, it tells us in 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. We can see specifically that this dear lady spoke words of life over her body that was getting weaker and weaker. Now, when you begin to speak these words of life, they begin to work. You're putting words out of your mouth from your heart, and they begin to activate the power of God. And once again, the power of God is always present everywhere, but it's not in manifestation everywhere. And so the good news is, is that if I can get to Jesus, I can get my healing. Now, how do I get to Jesus? Well, I can get to Jesus right where I'm at right now. You can get to Jesus right where you're at right now, right tonight. And you can activate the power of God. And thank God, there's many ways in the Bible to be healed. There's laying hands on the sick. There is the anointing with oil. There is the prayer of agreement. But all of these faith is involved in. And as we're going to see here in other scriptures, it'll be a great blessing to us to understand that we're supposed to hold fast to the form of sound words. We're to hold fast the form of sound words. Why? Because sound words formulate the situation in my life that I am yet to experience. They begin in that invisible world and begin to affect change in the natural world. Now, I want you with that thought in mind, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And I want you to notice in Luke chapter 5, turn with me to verse 15. Verse 15. And it says here, 
But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, speaking of the Lord Jesus, abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Now notice here, we're going to read on in just a moment, but notice here in verse 15 that it says, great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed. To hear and to be healed. To hear and to be healed. You'll see through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that predominantly the people that were healed where we have a testimony of some sort, whether it was one person or a couple people, or like here, we see there was a great multitude, but they came to, first of all, hear and then be healed. That's a biblical sequence. It doesn't say they they came to be healed and then hear something. It says they came to hear and be healed. Well, in that divine sequence, we understand about the force of faith and how faith operates, that faith comes, according to Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And particularly in Romans chapter 10, we find out that when he's talking here to the church at Rome, which is apropos to us today in 2022, that the way to salvation is to hear words first, and that how shall they hear without a preacher? Well, the Bible tells us in the preceding chapter in Luke, in chapter 4, that Jesus, when he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he picked up the prophet Isaiah and took to read, he read where the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has what? Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened upon him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. What we find out here is Jesus picked up from that prophetic utterance in Isaiah, where he talked about the Spirit of the Lord coming upon him to anointing him, to preach the gospel. Well, when the preacher comes and preaches the good news of salvation, it comes and it brings faith with it. Because we already know from various places in the New Testament that God's not willing that any perish, but all come under repentance. But the way they do that is by knowledge of the truth, which is the Word of God. How do people gain knowledge of the truth? By hearing the Word of God, because the Word of God is the will of God, right? So, Jesus was preaching about himself, and we know that he was baptized in the River Jordan, went out into the wilderness 40 days, was tempted of the devil in all points as we are, yet without sin. He came back in the power of the Spirit, the Bible says, and he stood up in the synagogue and he preached that message. So when you hear the word preached, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
So when we hear the Word of God, which should be the will of God that's preached, which is, it is God's will to heal you. It is God's will to prosper you. It is God's will to meet your every need. Then the alignment of our words by accepting the words we hear and speaking them is of utmost importance. So as we read here, going back to Luke chapter 5, they came to hear in verse 15 and be healed because people have to hear something first. The woman with the issue of blood, she heard something before she got there. No doubt the testimony of other people being healed. Hey, Jesus of Nazareth is doing healings and doing miracles. And she knew by what she had heard preached, if she could just get to Jesus, that she would be made well. And Jesus said, your daughter, your faith made you well. Well, where did she get faith from? By hearing what Jesus had said about himself. What he had said, and she picked up from no doubt others, and believed it in simple childlike faith. And she believed it enough and strong enough to get up the gumption in her weakened condition to search out where Jesus was, press through the crowd in her desperate situation to receive her healing. Now, when they came to hear and be healed, what they heard produced faith in their life, and that activated the power of God. Now, we're going to see the sequence here and the beauty thereof, starting in verse 16. And it says, And he, Jesus, withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching. As he was teaching. As he was teaching. Now, hold your place there, because this is important. Go back to Matthew chapter 10. Hold your place there. And go back to Matthew chapter 10. And I want you to notice here the sequence. And Matthew chapter 9, actually. And I want you to notice particularly verse 35. It says, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, number one, teaching. Teaching where? In their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And what was the result? And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So it does not matter what kind of condition you have going on in your body. Whatever condition has caused a weakness in your body. Or if you are suffering from an incurable condition in your body, no matter what even if the doctor can't even put a name on whatever it is, the condition that is besetting your body. The good news is, praise God, is that the Lord is more than enough, able enough, powerful enough. When his word is released through the words that you speak, because they're in agreement with what he said, and you say it because you have knowledge, you have personal knowledge of this will of God in your life, it activates the power of God and it'll blow whatever destructive thing is out of your body. Now, 
So what do you see here in this sequence? He see, we see him teaching, preaching, and then healing, right? Now that verifies what we just read there in Luke chapter 5 and verse 15, where it says he came to hear, they came, the great multitudes came to what? Hear and be healed. To hear and be healed. The hearing comes first. That's why if we keep hearing and hearing and hearing, even though we may be speaking the word of God and we're not seeing the results yet, if we keep speaking the words of life, the words of God in any situation in our life, because the force of faith, the force of God, the spiritual forces that God has created and put into place, and as the Bible tells us in the book of Romans, the law of faith, that law of faith, which will activate the power of God, supersedes any natural physical law that would try to work in our physical body that would bring in destruction and death. It will work, but we have to release it. We have to release our faith. So you see the sequence there in Matthew 9, 35. He went about teaching, preaching, and healing. Teaching and preaching. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when we hear by the word of God, we're hearing the will of God. And when we hear the will of God, just like when we all heard about the willingness of God to save us, the will of God, we receive it, believe it, and we get saved. But we hear that it is God's will to, heal, to, to save us. Well, when we hear it's the will of God to heal us, guess what? Then we begin to activate that by what? By the words we speak, by the things we say. So we have to be careful about what we say. And we'll see more scriptures about that. Now, go back to Luke chapter 5. And we're going to read here. And I'll tell you this little story. There was a man that was in Dad Hagen's church. Excuse me. There was a, there, he was friends with brother and sister Goodwin. And he was good friends through the years with them. And they pastored the church down in Pasadena, Texas for many years. Flowed, had a wonderful move of the spirit going on in their church and just wonderful things that God was doing all the time. And years later, there was this lady who was in Brother Hagin's meeting and came up and shared a testimony with him and told him and Sister Aretha about this miracle that she received in her physical body. And she began to tell them, you know, you that, you know, and he was speaking about the, the saying the right words. And this little, this girl, she was an adult then, but she was a girl when she was in the Goodwin's church. And she got a hold of one of Brother Hagen's tapes on saying, on mountain moving faith. Simple message on that, but she listened to it again and again and again. And 
at age 47, she grew a little toe on her foot. Well, in the, in the natural, you can't do that. It's not going to happen. But she began to listen to that message of faith and begin to hear and hear more and hear, listen to the same set, uh, same uh, cassette tape. And guess what? She received a full miracle in her foot. The little toe didn't instantly grow out, but as she got the word of God on the inside of her and can start speaking the word of God over her foot, her foot was totally well, and she grew a little toe at age 47. Praise God. That's miraculous. That won't happen in the natural. And I bring that out to you to encourage every single one listening that no matter what age you are, you're not too old to receive a creative miracle from God. But it's the hand of faith that releases the power of God. Hallelujah. Now, Luke 5, look at this. Verse 16, it says, and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And verse 17, it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, who's the them? Well, the verse tells us there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which came out of every town of Galilee and Jerusalem and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man, which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him, speaking of the Lord Jesus. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. Now, think about this. They couldn't get in. What did they do? These guys knew they need to get to Jesus. There was an element of desperation. There was an element of focused attention on the fact that they needed to get this man into the presence of Jesus because this man is going to receive his healing. So what did they do? Well, they could not find the way that they might bring him, bring him in because of the multitude. The place was packed. So what did they do? They went up on the housetop. Now, any sane individual that's on this bed, this couch, and they're going to take him up on the roof? Now, imagine that. They're going to get this man in this emaciated condition to be taken up on that onto the roof. And they're going to have to open the roof up, no doubt. And then as the scripture says here, 
And they went on the top and they let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst of Jesus. So they get up on the roof. They make a hole big enough to where they can let this man down right before Jesus. Now, that'd be quite a shocker, wouldn't it? That's desperation. But their faith would not be denied. So he comes before Jesus and look at verse 20. And this is a good scripture to highlight or underline in your own Bible. It says, and when he saw what? Their faith. See, God sees our faith. And what he sees is the words we speak. Obviously, he hears them, but he sees faith as released in an action. And we know that this was an action to get him in there past the multitude, break open the ceiling, and get him down before Jesus. And no doubt interrupted what Jesus was saying there. But in this whole sequence, as we read back there in verse 17, it says the power of the Lord was present to heal those Pharisees and doctors of the law that were sitting by. But this man bypassed, come down through the roof by his friends, and he came before Jesus. And there in verse 20, it says, and when he saw their faith, see, God wants to see your faith. He wants to hear your faith. And he wants to hear it as a manner of life because we're speaking words that are powerful. And what we say is our faith speaking. How we act is our faith in action. James tells us that faith without works is dead. So we have to have corresponding actions. So Jesus saw their faith and he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Verse 21, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now remember, at this point, they're not recognizing Jesus as God. But, verse 22, it says, and when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts, whether it is easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins, he saith unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them, and looked up that whereon he lay and departed in his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. Well, that was not strange. That's what Jesus did. But the the doctors of the law, remember, and the Pharisees who were there, they didn't get touched by God and healed. But this man did. Now, so you see, 
you see the Pharisees and the doctors of the law in there listening to Jesus. This man born of four, sick of the palsy, laid before Jesus. And the Bible tells us that the power of the Lord was present to heal the Pharisees and the doctors of the law, but they didn't get healed. But who got healed? The man born of four that was let down through the tiling. And what did Jesus say that activated his response and the power of God being released into his physical body that produced his miracle? Their faith in action. Now, that man had to have faith in Jesus because no man, in no doubt in his emaciated condition, would have let somebody up on the roof because he would have thought they would be crazy people. And normally they would be, other than the fact that it was to get into the presence of Jesus. But what we want to notice here particularly is the power of the Lord was present to heal them, and them did not get healed, but he did. And what Jesus actually brings out here is the fact that when you see the power of forgiveness in operation, you see the healing of physical ills. And so the demonstration to them that the Son of Man had power on earth to forgive sins was to say unto him that was sick of the palsy, rise up, take up thy bed and walk. And the man rose up immediately from the bed he was lying on, and he was glorifying God. So praise God. What we learn here is that faith is involved in releasing the power of God. The power of saying is significant in our life. Now, we're talking about healing particularly tonight, but it refers to finances. If you talk about the money not coming and that it seems like it's so tough and I just don't have this and I just don't have that, if you talk lack, those words are going to work for you in a negative way in the realm of the spirit, positive or negative. It's going to hold up the supply of God from your life. So always talk what God said, whether it's healing or your finances. Talk about that. Or if you are believing God about something else in relationship to, you prayed about something, and you're holding fast, you're standing, you're believing God, you prayed, but you keep the switch of faith turned on by thanking the Lord relentlessly, morning, noon, and night. Thank you, Lord, that you've answered my prayer. Thank you, Lord, that my body is healed. Thank you, Lord, that your healing power is working in my body from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Thank you, Lord, that the money's coming. Thank you, Lord, that I have favor, supernatural favor. We touched on this Sunday about favor as a shield. You, 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 we can increase in these things, right? And when we activate God's will by releasing through the power of saying the things that God's already said, then we're siding in with God, 
and allowing the Lord to have what's already spiritual law become enacted more and more in our life. So when we get up in the morning and say, thank you, Lord, you're my provider. Thank you, Lord, you're my healer. You're my protector. You are the one is, that is my all in all. Lord, I want to thank you once again today for life to live and breath to breathe. I want to thank you, Lord, that you're on my side. Yea, if God be for me, who can be against me? Who can be against me? Now, I want you to notice here that here in conclusion for tonight, or just about, there's two more scriptures I want to look at. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, very familiar passage of scripture. But the Bible, as you read it, you say, Holy Spirit, open up the eyes of my understanding that when I read that this is ingested into my spirit, because your words are life and they're working in my life. And I believe that. Your words are there for me to partake of every single day. Now in Romans chapter 8, look at this. Now, it's so good here, but I want you to notice in Romans 8, it says, well, let's just, let's, let's just go back to verse 26. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities or our weaknesses, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he's talking about intercession as the Spirit of God leads and helps us in praying, particularly when you're praying in the Spirit, praying in that unknown tongue. At times you will sense that the Spirit of God in, 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 in greater ways, in the ebb and flow of the way the Spirit of God works in prayer and praying in the Spirit, that you'll find that Sometimes it's, there's words that are unutterable that you can't even verbalize that can come out in the form of groanings. It's not trying to have a groaning meeting, but these are things that cannot be articulated in the normal type of speech. And when he says here, this is by way of the Holy Spirit that's in our spirit, that this happens, okay? And that's one of the way, ways he helps us. When we don't know what to pray for, when we claim the promises of God, speak the word of God over our body, and we begin to exercise our privilege of being filled with the Spirit and pray in that unknown tongue, which we don't have to have interpretation to unless the Lord sees fit, but we begin to, as this Bible says, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Well, it brings edification because it begins to, if you will, edify our spirit by supercharging God in amplification of generating the power of God in a greater way to be released through our spirit into our life. And that is predominantly released by the words that we speak in that unknown tongue. And sometimes it is groanings. Okay. So not to get too much into that. But look what it says, verse 27. It says, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, 
because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So when we're praying in the spirit, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us when we're praying in that unknown tongue. We're praying for some. We don't know exactly what to pray for them. Uh, we trust him to give us utterance to be able to pray about the plan of God, the will of God, for that to come to pass as God only knows and we don't know because we have limited knowledge about it, maybe not much at all, but the Father God knows everything and by virtue of the gift of the Holy Spirit is able to pass it through our born-again recreated spirit by giving way through utterance in that unknown tongue, the ability to verbalize and pray on earth the perfect will and plan of God back to God by us yielding our tongue. And it's amazing because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So it's according to the will of God. So we can just like, when I'm praying in the spirit, I'm always going to be praying the perfect prayer. I'm always going to be verbalizing to my father, God, the things that need to be articulated to him. Even though I don't know in my natural mind what I am, I'm praying. I can, by faith, trust that the spirit of God, because God already said that, I just simply believe it and act upon it. Trust him that things are going to be covered that need to be covered. And if he brings out some type of understanding to us and illuminates certain things that we need to verbalize in our natural vernacular in English, then we do that. But that's how you can weave back and forth, and it's beautiful. But let's read on here. It says here, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, for because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. See, it's according to the will of God, not according to what I want, but according to, because I'm not praying out of my mind, I'm praying out of my spirit. Praise God. And then verse 28, and it says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. We hear that scripture quoted many times, but it's quoted out of context. The direct context here for this word This verse is right there on the heels of verse 27, that the Spirit of God is making intercession for the saints according to the will of God, and we know that all things work together. What all things? All things in the form of intercession that the Holy Spirit is praying, helping through my recreated human spirit to pray back to my heavenly Father that all things are working to the good. Praise God. Now, is that a faith builder? You bet it is. But many times we hear that verse used in the realm of, well, God didn't answer my prayer. This, you know, I lost my job. People say, well, you know, all things work together for the good who love God and are called according to his purpose. Well, that's not what the Bible's saying there. That's taking a scripture totally out of its setting. He's talking here about in direct relationship to the work of the Holy Spirit in conjunction with our spirit praying in that unknown tongue and making the perfect prayer in that realm to the heavenly father. And it's always working good. I said, it's always working good. Praise God. Do you see that? For all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose for whom he did foreknow. He did also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, moreover whom he did predestinate them he also called 
and to whom he called, them he also justified, and to whom he justified, them he also glorified. So in other words, he's laying out here the full plan of salvation right here in a nutshell. Now notice, verse 31, it says, what shall we say then? What shall we then say to these things? Okay. God did all these things. It's all working for our good. Our prayers are availing when we're praying in the spirit. That's why we need to pray in that unknown tongue. Such a precious gift and ability. Glory to God in the New Testament. So what do we say to these things? What do you say to what? He predestinated. He called. He justified. He also glorified. He saw all that in the plan of redemption through the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. So what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, which he is, we see this is all in connection with God's for us, right? Who can be against us? Who can be against you? See, nobody can stand in your way from receiving from God. Nobody can stop you from receiving from your heavenly father. Praise God. That's good news. Look what it goes on to say. If God be for us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter who's against us. It doesn't matter if the government's against us. It doesn't matter if your neighbor's against you. If God's before you, you and God make a majority. Praise God. Then he goes on in verse 32. He says, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Praise God. For us all. Glory to God. That's what he did. He spared not his own son, the Lord Jesus, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Glory to God. See, God wants to give us these things. He wants to, he wants to see healing come to pass in our bodies. He wants to see us be prosperous people. He wants our prayers to be answered. And if God's not against us, what Paul's saying here by the Spirit of God is, if, if God's for you, you got it made in the shade. Because that's what really matters. It doesn't matter how big the devil is or what the devil said. It matters what God said and believing what God said and activating that by releasing the right words through the power of saying, saying what God said by having corresponding action, glory to God. So he will also freely give us all things. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Is it God that justifieth? Who is he that condemneth? It is, it is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? See, the love of God, Christ has been demonstrated by what he came and did for us. So he could freely give us all the things we ever need. Praise God. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long and are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 
How are we more than conquerors? Because we've heard what he said he did for us. And what the scripture says here, back in verse 31, what should we say to these things? What God has done for us and is doing for us. Amen? What should we say? Nay, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Why are we conquerors? Because we're just saying words? No, we're conquerors because he's given us the great plan of redemption and because we're siding in with him by taking him at his word and releasing his word through the words we speak. Praise God. So nay, in all these things, we're more than conquerors, not just conquerors, but more than conquerors. How? In ourselves? No. Through him that loved us. See, this is all the Father's love blessing. Praise God, because he loves you. He loves me. He loves humanity. He loves the man that he created, and he wants the man that he created to walk with him. And look at verse 38 and, and close it up here. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Not somebody else's Lord, our Lord. Because what? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Well, he just got through saying in verse 37, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. So the love of God is him that loved us, that caused us to be able to be more than conquerors through everything that he purchased for us in the great plan of redemption, which is and inclusive of the prosperity that God has for us, the answers to prayers that he promised that when we ask him in faith, nothing doubting, and the words that we release in agreement along with the corresponding actions that we allow to take place in our life, those release the power of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, one last scripture and we're going to pray. Proverbs 12, 18, I'm just going to quote this to you tonight. He said, there is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. So in this verse of scripture, he says here, there is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. So what is it that we speaketh? That's a present tense ongoing action. What you speak and are speaking It is what he's referring to. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. Well, what does a sword do? It pierces, right? Well, what does Ephesians 6 tell us? That the word of God is quick and powerful, right? There is the word of God, which is like it is the two-edged sword, right? And Hebrews tells us that the word of God is quick and powerful than than any two-edged sword, right? So it This two-edged sword is the very word of God. And he says here, there is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. So really, the words we speak, it's like a sword that's coming out of our mouth. And it goes on to say, but the tongue of the wise is what? Health. So there's a correlation here with the words we speak. The words that cut the words that produce results, it's by the tongue of the wise. Why? Because wise people speak what the word of God says. And I'm talking about particularly Christians, wise Christians 
speak what the Word of God says about their life. And what does that do? That activates the power of God. Oh, hallelujah. That's such good news. What a blessing to have inside information about these things. So wherever you're at, whatever you're believing for, be encouraged that as we side in with God and do things God's way, we're going to activate the law of faith and we're going to release the power of God because of the words we speak and how we have corresponding action to believing what he said about us. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and let's thank him right now. Father, we do thank you and praise you. We glorify you. We thank you for this time together in that we can study your word to see how the law of faith works and how the power of saying produces godly results in our individual lives and in our families. So tonight, Lord God, help us to retain the things that we've looked at tonight and by help of the Holy Spirit, be able to more and more with each passing day, activate your desire and your ability by the power of saying what you said and releasing that into our lives every day, all through the day, and knowing that it will produce the God-intended results for all of us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.